everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 164 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. So right now, we're in full Christmas mode, and I thought I would give you guys a gift. Um, like the top listen to, number one listen to episode for 2022 so far has been, uh, it's like I think something called the top, maybe top 10 mistakes that most white belts make, something like that. Uh, and that is the most listened to episode over even um, some of our interviews. Uh, you guys should let me know what your guess is for what our most listened to interview was. Uh, I don't think it's that surprising. I think that, that this is, it probably should be um, one of the most inter uh, listened to interviews. But anyway, um, I do this top 10 episode and people really liked it, really got a lot out of it. And so I thought I would do another episode focused on white belts, but um maybe a, a little less things that are talked about you know those top 10 things top 10 mistakes you could probably find youtube videos on every single one of those 10 things uh i think that on this one maybe we we look at some things that it, that are just not talked about that was kind of the goal of this episode or kind of five hidden things um that white belts don't hear about that they don't know about that would be really helpful if they just knew um the context they just knew what was going on um and nobody tells you you know it's something you have to a lot of lessons in jujitsu you almost are forced to learn through osmosis you're almost forced to learn by um, just being on the mats for a long time. But if I were to just give you one sentence that would let you know what's coming, let you know what the next battle that you're going to probably be dealing with will be, uh, it would probably be helpful for a lot of people. And so that's what today's episode is, is uh, just something I think that would be helpful for a lot of what I would just call the lower belts, white and blue belts. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, a lot of these things, a lot of these battles we talk about are going to be battles that you're going to face all the way into black belt and then even once you get your black belt. Uh, and so we we talk a lot, talk a lot of different things on this episode. I think you guys will like it. Uh, also, I've got an interview for you guys next week and it's not going to come out on Thursday. I have just been thinking a lot about about the podcast and how I want to structure the interviews versus the solo episodes. Uh, because what's weird about most people's podcasts is they do interviews to get people to listen. And for whatever reason on the I suck at jujitsu show, um, I have enough people convinced that I have something useful to say. And, uh, these solo episodes tend to get more listens than a lot of the interviews anymore. And I didn't even do a lot of interviews this year. And what I kind of realized is that they are two separate shows. Um, they are two separate things. Me interviewing someone versus me, uh, doing a solo podcast and what happens for certain people. And maybe you fall under this, under this blanket, but I find that when I talk to certain people, um, I have people that only listen to the interviews. And then I talk to other people and they only listen to the solo podcasts. And then of course there is a group that's going to just listen regardless. Uh, and I just kind of looking at that and how I can in 2023 produce the best content and have the best jujitsu podcast. That's the goal, right? 
so how I was going to do that, you know, what I'm thinking is going to work is I'm going to start releasing interviews on a different day and then keep the solo episodes every single Thursday. So um, from here on out, every Thursday, there will be a solo episode of the I Suck at Jiu Jitsu show uh, that comes out. And so we can kind of get a little more momentum and it's it's going to be less like, okay, Josh has done this four part series. And then all of a sudden he's interviewing a guy that maybe believes a little bit different or thinks something a little bit different. Um, instead, I think I'm going to start releasing interviews on Mondays. I don't do enough of them yet to commit to releasing every single Monday. Uh, I'm going to first aim for if I can do them every other Monday. Uh, but I have some really good interviews coming up and some really unique interviews that will also fuel topics for the show and fuel um, different ideas for the show and then uh, there's also some some big plans for quarter one of 2023 hopefully quarter one as long as I can get the stuff done that I need but regardless I will stop rambling for you guys and we will get in to today's episode uh, so like I said here are five things that I think all white belts should know but very few actually get to know. Here's the episode. Here are five things I think all white belts should know, but very few are ever taught. First, I think that everyone should be sat down right when they start jujitsu. And you should know what the first battle, the first lesson to learn in jujitsu is. Uh, and also this lesson is something that people will struggle with from white belt to black belt. And even this is something that a lot of black belts struggle with. Uh, so I think it is one of the most important things to understand. And that is that lesson one for almost all of us is a lesson about consistency. If you want to get good at jujitsu, Obviously, if you want to get good at anything, but especially if you want to get good at jujitsu, it is very hard. It takes a long time to get your black belt. Of course, people will disagree with how long it takes to get your black belt. But for me, for most people, I think 10 to 12 years is kind of the agreement, right? Uh, maybe there are people that get their black belt in eight years and those are, um, they're starting to do it very quickly. And then there, you hear about people that even get their black belt within like five years. Uh, and those people usually are training every single day, even the people that get it in eight years. A lot of the times these people are training every single day. They're training all of the time. And that is because it just takes a lot of hours of being on the mat to get good at jiu-jitsu. If you are brand new understand there is no one class that is just going to get you to black belt. There's really no one class that is even going to get you from white to blue belt. It is the combat, the compounding of all of these classes combined and something interesting about getting good at things, getting, uh, getting good at a skill is when you start, you kind of actually are not just dealing with the fact that you know nothing, you have no context, uh, but you also don't learn well. Even if you're 
pretty good at learning something else. Even if you're well-educated, a lot of times coming in on the mat, it is still very hard to learn how to learn for most people. So your first six months of jujitsu, a lot of times of the time, not for everybody, there are young kids that come in and are just naturals and they don't have to deal with these things for the first six months. But for most people, your first six months, even up to your first three years, you're just trying to learn the names of positions, learn the basic ideas, the basic fights of each of these positions. And then you're trying to learn how to uh, how to learn, right? How to actually then take those fights and those ideas and apply the techniques that you're learning to get better, right? This is going to take a long time. When we go into a jiu-jitsu class, it's just understanding, hey, this is going to take forever. Most likely these first hundred lessons that I learn, um, they don't actually even apply directly into rolling. They are just going to apply getting me consistently able to do something, consistently able to learn, and uh, you know, getting me in a routine. Those are going to be your first battles. If you watch, um, if you watch like black belts that are really good, and you really notice like these the 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 true great grapplers that we get to see, we get to experience being around. A lot of times they can sit in a class and learn more than anybody there, even though what's being taught is simple, even though what is is happening is something they've seen a million times, but it's because they are not just black belts, meaning they know all the techniques and ideas that a black belt should know. They also know how to get better. They know how to ask the right questions. They know how to look at jujitsu differently. And that only comes with consistency. So again, the first lesson for all of us, before anything else, before anything else we talk about on the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show, will always be consistency. I think we can move on. Uh, so our next... Um, kind of next thing I wish I knew as a white belt. And keep in mind, all these things that I'm going to be naming, um, I watched some other videos and some other podcasts kind of take this idea on things that white belts should know. And I just didn't, I wanted to make sure to not repeat a bunch of the same ideas. Uh, I think though, one thing you'll find in every single things that a white belt should know one of those ideas is always going to be consistency. Uh, I think anyone who is a black belt, who has gotten to black belt, recognizes that that is going to be one big battle that every single person in jujitsu is going to have to fight. Uh, and now let's move on to our second thing that I think a lot of black belts or a lot of white belts should know, but are never, ever taught. And this, honestly, a few of the points are almost like sacrilegious to jujitsu. So just be prepared. You've been warned. If you were easily offendable, I wouldn't listen to this one. But number two, there is probably no absolute truth on the mat. There is probably no absolute truth on the mat, or there are probably no absolute truths on the mat. I don't know. I don't know what the better way of saying that would be. Regardless, most likely there is no absolute truth 
on the mats in jujitsu, what that means is when you hear someone say, this is the most important thing, most likely it's not. Most likely it is the most important thing as to how they view jujitsu. Even the things that I talk about on the podcast, because I don't know, because it's just how the world works now. If you have like um, a, a podcast that people listen to, there is almost this expectation that what I'm saying on the podcast is absolute truth. There are episodes that have a ton of listens that like have been shared a lot and that people even will come and discuss with me that, you know, I've had this podcast for three years that I think the idea is outdated uh, or like the way I explained it is outdated. Honestly, um, my friend Chris, he has a way of, Chris Paynes has a way of explaining this uh, and he'll say it like, like this. Once I, once I deliver the lesson, whatever that lesson may be, it could be the best lesson I have. He said, once I deliver the lesson, it's outdated. And that sounds like, oh man, that sounds like a really philosophical black belt thing that makes no sense. And maybe it is. Uh, maybe I just think I understand it because I think I'm a philosophical black belt. Um, but what you'll find with a, a lot of good coaches is you can ask them a question and they will give you their best answer. And you can ask them that same exact question five years later. And they will give you a completely different answer. Uh, and if five years later, if that coach is still giving the same answer, usually the reason is just because they haven't thought of it any way different. Usually the reason is that they're not a very good coach. It's not that that truth was absolute or that was the perfect way of saying it. It's just that they have not developed. But with good coaches, you'll find that they can give you the answer because when they explain something, they are explaining it how they see it now. They're not saying, and this is a problem that most coaches still have to this day. It's like this, uh, it's kind of like the, the parenting thing of, all right, I had to work really hard growing up. I had to work when I was 12 years old, because when I was growing up, that was the society that I lived in. And it taught me some really valuable lessons. And so then as a parent, a lot of times I go, the only way that my child can learn these valuable lessons is by also working at 12 years old and having a paper route. And so that is usually what is preached to your kid. There's a few problems with that. One, Obviously, the paper is dead. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't push your kid into having a paper route. That's just like you're it's a fight that doesn't make sense, right? But two, I did learn these lessons because of the situation that I was in, but that does not mean that's the only way to learn these lessons. Uh so like back to jujitsu. As a coach, maybe I was taught how to do a closed guard armbar on my first lesson. It would be totally illogical for me though, to say, okay, 15 years later, jujitsu should be taught exactly the same. I should make sure since my first lesson was closed guard armbar, I should make sure 
to teach my students close guard armbar on their first day because then they're following the same trajectory that I am, right? Wrong. A good coach, somebody who actually understands, should be able to explain something to you in the way that they see it now. Not just uh not not just quote what was taught to them 10 15 years prior, right? Uh, and so I think that I honestly, I just, I think that this probably comes from most people, most coaches, their goal is simply to keep students. And, um, obviously there is nothing wrong with that goal. Consistency is the most important thing. Getting people to consistently be on the mat is the hardest fight, uh, for coaches. And it's the hardest fight for students is that consistency. So Making sure people are there is not a uh, a not noble goal. It's a very good thing to, for coaches to be doing. But you also, as a coach, should strive to teach people jujitsu faster than it took you to learn it. Uh, and I I think that people think like in the the life hack world that we live in today that maybe it's it's bad to try to teach shortcuts to learning and understanding jujitsu. It like is bad for the art, but the only way for the art to develop is going to be to be more efficient, right? If the whatever 2,500 black belts that there are in the world or 5,000 or however many black belts there are in the world in jujitsu, if they are all right now working towards getting better at jujitsu, the art itself is growing. More people are learning the art and we are getting better at teaching it. More people on that same exact uh, or chasing the same thing, competing against each other. It is going to make that competition is going to make us more efficient and going to make us better teachers. Something that would help that is if we could double the amount of black belts that we have. The best way to double the amount of black belts that we have is to be more efficient in the way that we teach jujitsu. Obviously, I'm very off topic from where I originally was on th there is no absolute truth uh, in jujitsu, but I'm just explaining how these ideas that a lot of times we cherish, where they come from. They come from, uh, okay, so here's a, a perfect one that you guys probably heard on the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show before it's become popular. And I even explain it differently than it's said, but um, there's a term and it is uh, chest to chest. And so you are now hearing that term talked about so often in jujitsu. Uh, there are certain coaches that it started to explain the importance of, um, I call the idea chest over chest, but the, the importance of chest to chest. And, uh, when it comes to passing the guard and when it comes to pinning somebody and, uh, those coaches really, you see like, um, uh, Gordon was very big on this early on. Um, but somebody that also was really big on it was, uh, my friend, John Thomas really pushed this idea of, um, chest over chest. And now this idea is being taught and explained all kinds of different ways, but you're hearing the term a lot. It's kind of changing how people are thinking about jujitsu. Before that, in grappling, chest over chest was still incredibly important. It's just we didn't know that or we didn't explain it 
in a way that was uh, really showed how important it was, how much more valuable it was than a lot of the grip fighting that we were doing or a lot of the other things that we were doing. Um, the distance is what really mattered. But if you watch black belts that were at a high level 10 years ago, they were still doing this idea. Whether or not they explained it that way uh, is is besides the point, but they were still getting chest over chest. That was still very important for the way that they did jiu-jitsu. Now we have a different way of explaining it though. We can make it easier to understand all these guard passes that we're teaching. We can make them easier by explaining this idea of chest over chest or chest to chest. And uh, that starts to be really helpful for a lot of people. And jujitsu then is easier for people to learn, easier for people to understand. And therefore, you're going to get more people to get to a higher level faster and hopefully more people with good perspective that are going to then start to maybe tweak the way it's explained, maybe explain it a little differently and make it even better and simpler to understand. And then the efficiency, the length that it takes to become a great grappler, it starts to go down. But the best and most important thing to understand from this whole rant is that when you start to put these five laws of grappling on your wall and you say that these are the only things that matter. This is what we need to all understand. Hey, maybe that's helpful for some of the people. Maybe that's helpful for half of the people, but it does not mean that it is just the absolute best way of understanding for everybody. And so as a white belt early on, knowing that you are going to hear a lot of opinions, you are going to hear people say, this is the way, and you're going to hear it all the time. And I'm guilty of it too. But the truth is just because it is a way does not mean it is the way. And so um, a, a good example of this, I remember I was taught this armbar escape one time and it was an armbar escape from closed guard. And this, it was taught by a really good black belt and a really good teacher too, somebody that I could trust, but he dealt in an absolute. He said, yeah, if you get your elbow here, they cannot arm bar you. You, you can just sit in this position forever. And, um, I did it and it worked for a, a long time. And then, uh, maybe a year later, I'm in the middle of a match and I got my elbow to the position that he said my arm was just totally safe and it wasn't safe. The guy was able to still generate a lot of pressure from his hips and my elbow is like starting to really hurt. It's starting to almost pop. And I'm thinking, wait, 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 no, 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 no. This black belt told me that there is no way that somebody can finish this arm lock. My arm is getting torn off. It is obvious that they are going to finish the arm lock. Eventually I tap, but my whole worldview had just been destroyed. Now I'm questioning everything that that black belt has taught me. And he had taught me some really great stuff, but now I'm not sure. Now I'm going, he just, he told me that I, could, I would always escape. So know this, Anytime somebody says always in jiu-jitsu, this is always the thing, or this is unbeatable, most likely, at least for me in the last 15 years, I've never seen somebody make a statement like that that holds up. 
the statement always crumbles eventually because people figure out a way to beat it. They figure out a better way to deal with it, whether they think through it or whether they feel their way through it and they're just great grapplers and they can feel their way through things. Everything that is taught as this absolute, yes, this is the way, it generally becomes disproven. So don't get married to any ideas and get as many different perspectives as you can because the way that I see something Growing up where I grew up, seeing jujitsu, the jujitsu that I saw coming up, grappling with the, the training partners that I have, maybe the way that I see it is slightly different than the way that you see it. Maybe if the way I explain it on a podcast, maybe if you tweaked just a few words or you thought of it just a little differently than I thought of, you would get way more benefit than trying to just take exactly what I said on the podcast as as fact or as um, as something that you should absolutely believe. It might be better to, to tweak it a little bit. And the only way for you to know that is to experiment and to get as many perspectives as you can. Uh, if you are only getting, only hearing jujitsu from one person's perspective, there is no way that you are going to get the whole picture. Uh, even some of the greatest coaches, if you listen to them, they disagree on these big, big things, these big, important ideas. But that doesn't make one right or one wrong. Sometimes it's just they have different perspectives of the same problem. They have different perspectives of what grappling is. And so long rant, but big thing to take away. Don't believe anything anyone says. No, that's 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 too matter of fact. Just don't accept everything as absolute truth. Uh, especially when you're first starting, you are going to hear so many things that are like that. Take what you can, you know, and take what works and experiment with everything. Let's take a commercial break. Would you like to buy my privates? Okay, that sounded a little off. Um, would you like to buy my full package of privates? Okay, that also sounded off. I think that we need as a jiu-jitsu community to do away with the word privates. Uh, not a great word for private lessons, especially when you consider that a lot of black belts that are doing privates are also giving people their privates. And so, you know, it's just, it's it's a whole mess. Uh, so what I decided to call mine, at least the ones I'm telling you about right now, uh, is a private podcast. So I assume if you're this far into the episode, you like listening to the Isaka Jiu-Jitsu show. When you listen to the Isaka Jiu-Jitsu show, you're basically inviting me in your car, in your headphones, in whatever, uh, to discuss jujitsu with you for 45 minutes to an hour. Now, with a private podcast, you get to do the same thing. You get to listen to me talk jujitsu for 45 minutes to an hour, except a difference is it's on a Zoom call and you will be able to talk to me, ask me questions about 
pretty much any problem that you may be having in jujitsu and we can look at solving them together and then even how we solve that problem so the next time you deal with it you have a good way to deal with it and solve it on your own uh what we also can look at is how your schedule is to the goals that you are setting for your jujitsu what goals you should be setting in your jujitsu uh, it's almost like private coaching but not with techniques it is uh not hey these are the moves that i like to do but these are the opinions that I have towards the situation that you're in. And here's how we can get you to where you want to be. And so if that interests you, if a private podcast interests you, then all you have to do is go to simplifyingjujitsu.com slash private. And there is a scheduler. You can pay and schedule right there and schedule a Zoom meeting for me. It'll take about an hour and we can discuss any topic you want, anything I talk about on the show, or even things that I don't discuss on the show, even things that I avoid talking about on the show. And we can talk about all of those things. And like I said, build some goals and help you crush them in 2023. Also, this makes a really good gift if you are, you know, uh, uh, one of the wives that like has to listen to the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show while you're in the car because your husband has a man crush on Josh McKinney. It's a perfect Christmas present. You get to give him that little piece of extra jujitsu, and you don't have to listen to me because it won't be on your car. It'll be on a Zoom meeting. That's all I have for you. Let's go ahead as this this commercial is just, this is the worst commercial I've ever done. Um, but yeah, simplifyingjujitsu.com slash private, and you can schedule to get my privates. Let's get back to the episode. Point number three, jujitsu can be the worst job in the world. And let me explain what I mean by that. Not teaching jujitsu can be the worst job in the world. Not competing in jujitsu can be the worst job in the world. But when you make jujitsu your job, when you make it something that you have to do, that can make jujitsu a job and that can make jujitsu not fun at all. So when you're starting out, most likely whether uh, it was a goal given to you or it was just something that you came up with yourself, most likely you started jujitsu for a reason, whether it was to lose weight, whether it was to learn how to defend yourself, uh, whether it was, I mean, whether it was just to have fun. Most of us start jujitsu for a specific reason and because jujitsu is awesome and because most of the time, what you are trying to accomplish, what you're attempting, somebody in the gym already has done. And so you are coming in to lose 30 pounds and you're in on your first night and they go, oh yeah, um, Brad over there, he lost 30 pounds. You should talk to him. And it makes it much easier and you're able to go in and then within six, eight, 10 months, accomplish this, this weight loss goal that you have or accomplish this self-defense goal that you had within a year of training jujitsu. If you're training pretty consistently, you kind of know how to defend yourself against the average Joe, uh, the average person that you would probably be getting in a, a fight with. But for a lot of us, something that tends to happen we tend to go into classes and 
they're great and we're having fun. And all of a sudden it starts to become this thing where it stops being fun. And I start to put pressure on myself. It starts to be about how I perform, whether or not I had good training or bad training simply is about how the rolling went in the last 20 minutes of class. You know, okay, I lost my rounds today. It was bad training. I didn't have a good day training. Oh, I won my rounds today. Great day training. Best day, best day ever, right? And then I am this, uh, I'm starting to be subject to how I performed in the gym. Whether or not I have a good day is based on how I perform in the gym. And this is when jujitsu becomes a job. When it's something that you have to do, where winning or where not getting submitted or where whatever is something that you have to accomplish each day. And without that accomplishment, you are having a bad day. This happens. This is normal. But when you start to get in a, a, a rut like this, and this happens to everybody, you have to try to get out of it. You have to make jujitsu fun again. Because if not, you'll either quit jujitsu, your progression will stop and then you'll quit jujitsu, or it will just always be something that you dread doing. It will just always be another workout. But the thing about it is, Jiu-jitsu really isn't the greatest workout. It's pretty dangerous, you know? It's really not the the greatest for all of the things that we look at. You know, it's not the greatest way to lose weight. It's not the greatest way to make friends. But when you do it, there is something magical about being on the mats. Anyone who's listening to this podcast probably trains, and they would probably agree with me. Yeah, there is something about going out on the mat and getting to grapple with somebody and, and to go live and to go hard and then to be focused on that moment, right? Didn't matter what happened at work that day. It didn't. It doesn't matter what you're eating for dinner later. In that moment, you're focused on that fight. When you start making that fight's result the important thing, jujitsu is going to become a job and you're going to hate it. When you accept that fight for being what it is, a, a time in your day that you get to just absolutely be in the moment. And for most of us, there are very few times throughout our week that we actually get to be in the moment. Besides when we are in a live jujitsu round, because when we are in a live jujitsu round, of course, you can think about other things, but if you do, you will start to lose. If you have me start to think about other things when I'm grappling with my blue belts, I'll start to lose. If I'm not focused, if I'm not in that moment. So uh, the the idea of jujitsu can be the worst job in the world. Don't make it your job. Make sure that you are not focused just on your performance. Make sure that your focus is on enjoying jiu-jitsu and making sure jiu-jitsu is fun for you. And just some quick tips. If you are struggling to make jiu-jitsu fun, just ask yourself first, what techniques make me smile? For a lot of us, we have like certain submissions that if we could hit or certain guard passes that if we could hit, it would make us happy. It would be fun for us. So then instead of focusing on winning a round, 
start focusing on getting better at that technique because then you can make your jujitsu your art. Keep in mind, when we're grappling, this is an art. It's not something, it's not, you know, yes, we talk about it as a sport a lot on this show and I compete in it as a sport, but first and foremost, jujitsu is an art. It is a way for you to be able to be creative. And so don't take that away just so you can beat your teammates, just so you can get that, uh, that check mark of, of, oh, I performed today. Uh, cause that will make jujitsu not fun and Back to our first point, it will make consistency impossible. Point number four. Fourth, the fourth thing that I wish I knew as a white belt, or I think that all black, white belts should know, and it is that asking questions is a skill that you need to develop. We talk about this on the show a lot. Jiu-Jitsu is not just a list of techniques. It is also a list of skills to get good at. You know, right? We look at like these in, these intangible skills like consistency, right? People that are consistent in other things tend to easily be able to be consistent in jujitsu because they have developed the skill of consistency. When we're thinking about asking questions, that is a skill that a lot of people need to develop. But for most of us, we're too shy. We don't want to seem stupid when we're asking questions. So some simple ways to be able to just ask questions with a little bit of confidence. First, make sure you're asking to get a deeper understanding. That's what we're searching for when we're trying to learn jujitsu. Yes, we're always trying to learn whatever technique specifically is being shown to us. But we should also be trying to learn what kind of what kind of understanding could I be adding? Let's say, for example, our coach is showing like uh, a half guard pass and he starts to say, yes, the most important thing in this position is keeping your opponent flat. That's a huge detail. That's massive. But if you're looking too close, if you're not trying to understand deeper, you're probably just watching the move. And so he's talking about keeping your opponent flat and you're going, okay, coach, what are you doing with your hands though? What are you doing with your legs? What are you doing? Okay, so that's how you do this pass. But he told you the most important thing. And if you could understand that, if you could understand, okay, this is the most important thing, keeping this guy flat in this position, this is the biggest idea I need to know about. Then I can start to just ask myself, well, how do I better keep my opponent flat from this position? What are some other ways to keep my opponent flat? Or I can ask my coach those things. So simple questions to start with, just asking about big ideas. What, sh what is my goal here? What am I trying to accomplish from here? And a lot of times coaches they don't even explain in this way because um, they don't realize how important it is to explain to a student that, hey, the big general idea is usually where we should start, right? Uh, the big goal is where we should start. I just had taught a, a private lesson and all we talked about was the idea of control, where to control somebody. That is always the goal in every position is to control the person more, right? The only way to get, understand that deeper is through conversation. If I just explain it to my student, 
and give him no ability to ask questions, most likely he's not going to understand. But if I start to explain it to a student, I give him a chance to ask a question. And maybe that question's not great at first, but at least I can start to get on the same page and know, okay, this is where his understanding's at now. And then we talk a little more. And then he has another question. Maybe that question's a little deeper now, because now we're starting to understand. We're starting to get on the same page. Our goal of asking questions is just to understand deeper. And so when I'm trying, you know, to ask questions to, if if I'm around a, a good black belt, or if I'm doing an interview on the show, which is most of the time when I'm around good black belts, I am trying to find what they want to explain to me. And then I am trying to understand it on the level that they understand it. Obviously, I'll never understand it on the level that they understand it. But I can start making big strides too. And that comes from actually caring and actually trying to understand deeper, right? I can also, somebody can explain something to me and I can, my question could be, okay, can I try to explain it back to you to, and then you let me know what, where I'm, where I'm off, you know, where I'm just trying to understand deeper and explain it back to you. So back to the original statement, asking questions is a skill you need to develop. So understand it's okay that at first your question asking sucks. Of course, the questions you're asking in the beginning are silly. But the only way that you will develop that skill of being able to ask questions to really get a deeper understanding while you're on the mats is by asking more questions, is by developing that skill. And don't ask just to have a question. Ask to understand deeper. And now the fifth uh, and final point that I wish I knew as a white belt, I think that all white belts should know. And that is that lineage is becoming more and more useless every single day. And I know that this is offensive to people. I know that that idea that your lineage, that the the affiliation that you're a part of does not matter even slightly, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter even slightly to actually believe that if you are part of a specific lineage that 15 schools ago, 20 schools ago, was in Brazil learning from Grandmaster Elio, that that gives you some type of advantage nowadays in the age of the internet where someone could use just YouTube and get great at jiu-jitsu. There is no, there is no way, there is no way that that is going to make any difference. Why? Because at this point, people are learning to monetize jujitsu. In order to monetize jujitsu, you've got to be putting out some of the best stuff. No one anymore is keeping any secrets. Everybody is selling their secrets online. Everybody is. People will come to me and like to try to explain these super secret techniques that they're like, yeah, yeah, this is this is what they're doing at AOJ. And this is what they're doing at Atos. Yeah, this is super secret. And then like two weeks later, I see that same exact technique shared as a free video on YouTube by some purple belt. 
because he also heard about that. He also went and traveled to AOJ and got that same secret, but he's going to try to monetize it. Just the fact that money and teaching and the internet are where they are at in jujitsu, that is making lineage not important because that is what why lineage was important in the beginning is because they're actually jujitsu actually was a list of moves right during that time that people didn't know the only way to even start to get little basic details would be to go to somebody who had learned directly from grandmaster elio or the the gracie family or whomever right whoever is at the top of your lineage that was the only way to learn but in the past, I mean, really, the whole time I've been doing jujitsu, that is not the only way to learn anymore. Jujitsu has developed. And one of the things that is starting to happen is your affiliation is not mattering. You're seeing guys from random places in Europe without high-level coaches, or at least without people that we think of as high-level coaches, without high-level lineages winning some of the biggest tournaments, which is, I mean, the the true pressure test of our jiu-jitsu, going out and pressure testing their jiu-jitsu from a town that nobody's ever heard of with a coach that nobody's ever heard of on a lineage that nobody has, nobody has ever heard of. That is showing how little what your team name is actually matters. Really, unless it comes to trying to put together team points at a tournament, it it really doesn't mean anything anymore. And that was the that was the other uh offensive thing that I had to say. I told you guys two of the points were offensive. Um, but yeah, just understanding that lineage is not that important anymore, that who you're under is not that important anymore. It's really how you're trying to learn and what you're trying to learn. And for most of us, I even think like the way that I teach my students, I teach way less technique than I ever have. And I think that part of that comes from, I know my students are on Instagram. I know they're on YouTube. I know that they are watching what they want to be developing anyway. It would be silly for me to go, no, during these 15 minutes, we all have to be on the exact same page, learning the exact same technique because it's going to apply to all of us, right? This is back to the beginning where we were talking about um, how there's just no absolute truth. I think that's all I have to say about lineage. I think I could dig in on lineage for a long time and give other examples for how it doesn't matter, um, but yeah, I won't go with it. I think we'll just end this one right here. And that is the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. I really like doing belt specific episodes. Uh, but also, like I said, I told you guys at the beginning of this podcast, I'm going to be doing more solo episodes than I've ever done before. I'm going to start putting them out every single Thursday. And so a lot of times I had the ability to, if I was running into some writer's block, uh, I could just 
do an interview. I could just talk to a buddy for an hour and ask him a few questions. And then that was an episode. And uh, I no longer will have that luxury now that I'm committing to doing a solo episode every single Thursday. So here's what I need from you guys. I need episode ideas. There is no episode idea that I get that I'm ever like, oh, this is stupid. People always, the, the perspective that you guys give, because you have to remember, I am a, a creator of content. When I am thinking of something, I'm thinking, hey, how is this going to be heard by this imaginary listener that I have in my head? You are actually a listener. And so you have a completely different, you're on the other side of the microphone. You have a completely different perspective than I have. And what happens then is you will get ideas that I am years away from ever getting. I would maybe never get that idea. Uh, and the only way that I can know what you're thinking is if you let me know. And the best way to do that is to send me an email, josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Uh, or you could send me a message on Instagram at the Josh McKinney. Regardless, give me some ideas for new episodes. I want to know what you guys want to hear about. And you don't have to give me a title. You don't have to give me anything like that. But just a, a problem you're having in your jiu-jitsu or a question that you are having uh, that maybe you have some answers to, but you don't like the answers that you have. And you just want to hear my thoughts on it, my opinion on it. Uh, and so if you have any ideas, send me an email, josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Uh, and that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys uh, have given me that five-star review. I've been, I've been begging for the five-star review for a while now. I feel like if at this point you haven't given me the five-star review, you just hate me. You just hate me and you love hearing me beg. And I just, I've got to assume that. And if that is true, I'll still beg. I'll do anything. I'll, do, you know, I'll, I'll get a face tattoo for these five-star reviews, man. Uh, just got to get it. Got it. Got to do it. Just, just how podcasting works. I didn't realize this until more recently, but the more five-star reviews that I have gotten, the more po the podcast has grown. And I'm lazy. You don't ever see clips of like the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show pop up on your Instagram or on your YouTube. I'm too lazy to be clipping these episodes. I need you guys to not be lazy. I need one of us to not be lazy, and it's you. And so I need you guys to give me those five-star reviews if you have not done that already. And of course, if you have, download a new podcasting app. Hit me with a five-star review on that one. I'm not above it. I'm not above having all of the reviews be done by my mom on a bunch of fake profiles, right? As long as I'm getting the reviews. That's all I have for you guys today. Man, on top of having the worst commercial ever on the episode, don't forget, go to simplifyingjujitsu.com slash private. Uh, to schedule a private lesson, a private podcast with myself. Um, but also, man, worst outro too. The podcast is not going uphill from here, but they might have, honestly, what is today? The Today's the eighth that this comes out. So the first was last week's. I'm thinking that December 1st, 2022 was the peak of the show. Feels like it's going downhill from here. We'll see. We'll see what the future holds. But uh, yeah, that's all I have for you guys. So I hope you guys have a great day. Hope you guys have a great holiday season, whatever holiday that you celebrate. And uh, I hope that you guys got something out of today's episode. And I hope today's episode helps you suck just a little bit less at Jiu Jitsu. Have a great day.